All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. Uh, John, what a crazy week. Uh, looked like a team that could win and then a team that can't win and can't stop the run. <laughs> All of a sudden, our defense, um, well, I mean, our defense still looks pretty good on passing downs, but... Mm-hmm. We, I think, officially became the worst team against the run in the league. Yeah. Is that true? Yep. Has to be. There's no way that after giving up 280 that you're not. There's you know, no way. And to a backup. To yeah. a backup. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, we've got to kind of keep in mind that we are, still in the middle of a rebuild i mean yeah and you don't and it's still also early in the season you still don't know for sure how everybody's going to be here here in a couple of weeks i mean i think everybody got a little bit excited because we tied the colts and the colts were supposed to be a good team but i don't i don't know they, they seem to be having some issues too or they may just be slow starters and our team has no history like we don't know the texans may be slow starters they may come on here in a little bit um mills may be a slow starter and he may just come on here in a little bit or this may be who they are and we're just going to have another tough season where you know we're not going to win a lot of games but i guess for better or for worse the games are going to be closer this year than they have been i mean that seems to be the trend yeah i would say um one like the defense i don't know if the past defense is as is as good as it, it like we play Justin Fields, so yep. um, that it, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to look at. Um, you know, Derek Singler looked great. Jalen Petrie looked fantastic. Um, so you know, pass rush looked okay. You know, mobile quarterback was able to get after him. Um, we'll see. This team is in a rebuild. I mean, with everything that everybody has said, if you took away the fourth quarter of Davis Mills. And only went through three quarters. Would we be having another conversation about Davis Mills? That's possible. Um, that's entirely possible. But I mean, it's also what we've seen so far. I mean, that's part of it is finishing games. Yeah. Um, we want to kind of keep in mind that he is he is young and for a second year quarterback, he's actually in the middle of the league. He's doing better this year than he was last year. Now he ended last year on such a high note. I think that got everybody's expectations a little skewed. Um, and part of it is there's things that are definitely funny going on. And it's tough to say if it's on Mills or if it's on Pep Hamilton, or if it's on somebody else within the team, but through three quarters and then there's always there's flashes especially during the three quarters like you know we're having a much different conversation but then you get to the fourth quarter and the wheels tend to fall off yeah i john am i crazy to think that it's just not mills (laughs) like it's not only mills it's separation for wide receivers and bad play calling like for example first passing play of, of the game against the Bears, we have Aikens lined up uh, five days after signing, out wide, running a slant. 
uh, a lack of a feel for the play calling, in my opinion. Like there really seems to be Pep really can't seem to understand where the game is at and how it should be called. It's it's almost as if it's scripted to an extent, right? For example, Texans drive, good, solid drive, get to the red zone, all off of Davis Mills' arm. We get to the two three-yard line, haven't ran the ball once, we're on the goal line, and what do we do? We line up Damian Pierce to run after we got there by Mills and, and the wide receivers and tight ends. It was expected by the Bears that they, they literally stack the box and they, they get Damian Pierce down. Make sure I say Damian this time because um, <laughs> they were destroying me. Because um, you made they, up a new player. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I do it all the time. It's no, it's no problem. I do it all I the time. I definitely pulled the John Wade. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. And, you know, and then goes back to the pass. And at that point, when you take a, you know, a three yard loss on the goal line, you're likely going to pass. It, there's just lots of different things, in my opinion. I, I don't think Mills has been great. I, no, it's totally fair his, to his critique com- him. Completion percentage is down about 10%. Yep. So last year he was high 60s. This year he's high 50s. That's a big, big difference. Um, yeah. And I don't know how much you stock you put into uh, next-gen stats, but based on separation and everything, um last year he actually uh, over he overperformed expected completion percentage this year he is underperforming completion percentage the expected completions percentage um his expected based on on their numbers would be about 66 percent he's currently at 56 percent last year the expected at the end of the season was 54 or 64 percent and he ended up at 67 percent so there has been a huge, huge drop-off. Now, is that necessarily play design? Is that the receivers, are they – I don't want to necessarily say that they're better or worse, but – I mean, they're the same wide receivers. They're – I mean they're, – They're the same wide receivers. They are pretty much essentially the exact same wide receivers. Like, I mean, Nico, growth, Nico hasn't really shown any growth. Um, um, I disagree. I think he has. I, I mean, he actually has shown some growth. You got to get the balls to be able to show growth. Like if you look at his targets, he's not up there, but when he is targeted, he's making some plays. Yeah, and some of the throws his way have just been way off. Errant. Yeah. Yeah. And say the same thing about Brandon Cooks. Like has Brandon Cooks finally start to regress a little bit? Um so Brandon hasn't been good this year. Let's just no. let's call a space. And uh, but I mean, part of that is: are they trying to force it to him? Is it like what's going on there? You know, like again, is it sort of like the end of uh, last year where Mills kind of fell in love a little too much with with Cooks? Like I think, what is the uh, the um. Res- his percentage of targets or something. Let me, let me double check that real, real quick. Cause he is just, okay. Brandon cooks has been targeted 29 times and his catch rate is 44%. 
That's, That's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. That is, you know, that's pretty bad. Well, somebody was, uh, I, I forgot who it was, and I wish I would have screenshotted the tweet, but they, they tweeted at me, uh, separation percentages by receiver and ranking of percentage by wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Our best wide receiver with separation is currently ranked 27th in the league, which is Brandon Cook's. There is no other wide receiver on the team that ranks in the top 100 for separation. And Brandon Cooks is getting separation 27% of the time per route. So if you think about that from a math perspective, if your best wide receiver is getting open 27% of your dropbacks, Brandon Cooks is on the field every play. Like, what is Mills supposed to do? Yeah, and I mean, it seems sometimes like, again, I don't know if it's the play call or if it's Mills himself where he's trying to force the ball to Cooks. And Cooks, I mean, it may not necessarily be on Cooks. The team just isn't looking to defend anybody else as well. Um, Like, he's trying to be your number one option and at the same time, we really don't have a solid number two. I mean, I hate to say it, like, people keep defending Nico, but, I, I mean, again, I could be wrong. I haven't watched any All-22 this year. But from what we have seen of Nico, like, he's not really wowing me. And, you know, it just may – but to be clear, they, the, I mean, at this point, it just may be what it is, you know, but they're not doubling Brandon. So it, it, it's not like it's not like he's garnering all this attention from the defense. I mean, if you if you even in the TV broadcast, you can see Brandon a lot of times is one on one. He just can't win his route. Add to that, like there have been some drops in, in, in these three games where it's just like, are you serious? Yeah, that is true. Like this, this is the ball you drop. Like take away the 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 touchdown one. Like I, I totally get that uh, against the uh, who did we play last week? Not the Bears. Um, not the Colts. Uh, the Broncos. The Broncos. Uh, that goal line touchdown definitely you know should have been a snag, but there was there were two this game. One. Yeah, sure. Was it a little high? It was. Brandon Cooks went up to to get it. It hit him in the chest, but he drops that. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things working against Davis, Davis Mills, and I don't know if there's I, – I don't know if a rookie or second-year quarterback would be able to be successful in this position. Now, the one thing I would say is the pass protection looks – 10 times might honestly be the best pass protection we've seen so far this game specifically in the last four or five years from a Texans team, Uh, which is strange because, you know, Mills has happy feet this year too, which is crazy to me. I don't know where happy feet came from because last year. I mean, his feet were like, he had moments again, moments as a rookie where, he had the happy feet issues, but 
when he would settle down, and lots of times it was after he got sacked, he was fine. And again, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, like the, he's regre- the the amount of the amount of regression that we've seen from Mills is very concerning. And again, I I, I don't know who to point fingers at at this point. Like if you look well, at the passing chart, like the passing chart is absolutely insane. It's all What about it? So pretty much the vast majority of the throws are under 10 yards. Everything above 10 yards is center of the field slightly to the right. Yep. There was four attempts to the left side of the field. Now, I wish I had taken the time because after pulling this up and just seeing what... uh, Actually, you know what? Maybe I can find... um, Maybe I can find Cooks's, Cooks's routes. But it's whatever receiver or whatever tight end is lined up on the right side tends to have a pretty good week. And... Let's see, Cooks's routes. Cooks was all on the left, which is strange. They were force feeding Cooks on the left, like the few throws that he made on on the left, all short throws, nothing deep. That's oh, that's week one. That's why it's weird. They don't have week three. I was like, okay, those don't line up. But again, it's just, there's nothing outside the hashes, nothing deep towards the side, towards the sidelines, nothing at all. Like they are literally just trying to force it down the middle, completely ignoring the left and everything, everything is short. Again, I don't know if that's on Mills or if that's the play calls themselves. All I'm saying is, is I'm not I'm not saying it is all on Mills, and I guess that's my point. Like, there are so many factors in this in this offense that are not helping Mills succeed, in my opinion. Like, and I saw a tweet earlier today that was talking about the Tim Kelly offense versus the Pep system, and Tim Kelly's offense, everything was pre-snap, everything was very Patriots-like. Mm-hmm. Everything now is not pre-snap and somewhat scripted, and a lot of the calls almost all of the calls come from the center um, and you have a first read that you're going to. So I wonder also if that's, that's an adjustment for Mills who is a smart guy. Um, You know, his IQ is, is kind of what everybody was somewhat excited about because he is a Stanford guy. Definitely seems smart when he talks, like there's no reason to think that he isn't a, uh, a smart football guy, but if it's new to him, maybe it's taking time. Then you look at the wide receivers and the tight ends, the lack of options, the play calling, the feel for the game. I just think that there's a – it's a combination of all things um, instead of being one thing. Could Mills be better? 100% Mills could be better. Um, it's not about if Mills can be better. But time and time again well, in the NFL, what we've seen is – It's not necessarily like about when, whether when or they not go, Mills can... When they – when, yeah, when we see – um, when we see a quarterback taken by a team, like a lot of times these quarterbacks don't succeed until the team is invested in that quarterback to succeed. We're seeing it with Tua. We saw it with Josh Allen. We're seeing it with Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying that Mills is on par with them from a talent perspective, but 
time and time again in the NFL, teams will draft a quarterback and they will fail because the infrastructure and the support for said quarterback is not there. And we've seen great quarterbacks fail because of this. And it seems like that's the route we're going to. What were you going to say, John? I was just going to say it's not necessarily – Oh, I already lost my train of thought. Oh, it was just, again, it just comes back to not necessarily Mills being the answer or not being the answer. The thing that is concerning is why can't we develop talent? So why can somebody look good one year and just fall off a cliff? And again, there's it could be defenses have adjusted. It could be he's just not understanding Pep's offense it may be that pep's offense is too scripted for him um i have repeatedly seen comments where it seems like pep doesn't the uh it's universal that pep does not trust mills now is that because of mills or because of pep like that's always when it comes to play calling like for pep hamilton to not trust mills does he because he's his coach and he sees him all the time, is he seeing why he can't trust him? Or is he just not, or is he overthinking it? Is he thinking that he, as the coach, knows the play that should be called better than the quarterback on the field? Now, I don't know which one it is. And at this point, it's very, it's very, very hard, hard to say, because again, it's three games in. But it is just beyond concerning for a quarterback, a young quarterback, to no longer be able to do the things that he could do the previous year. And last year, like, that was one of his things. It's like, he, yeah, he, there was no investment around him. Um, there's still no investment around him. Arguably, we have a better running back, even with Rex Burkhead um, being the backup running back still. But with Damian Pierce, like arguably like we have a better run game just based on talent alone. We're getting way better run blocking. We're getting way better pass blocking. Our receivers are still crap, but if we're going to continue to emulate the, uh, the Patriots, the Patriots receivers were always crap. They would luck into not luck into, but they would find that one diamond in the rough, but they could never draft a receiver. They could never draft a receiver. They couldn't, they just, you know, would get a good slot guy and, who knows if that was on uh, Brady for turning that slot guy into a great receiver or not. But Casario, that was one of his responsibilities with the Patriots was finding receivers. And other than Edelman, other than Wes Welker, like, and I mean, they had to trade for Randy Moss, but other than that, like, what notable receivers were on the Patriots during, during their dynasty runs? Like, they just... So we're going to have to get used to that with Casario. Like he's not going to be able to go out there and find receivers. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing I have an issue with, with the, the does Pep trust Mills narrative? It was, it was reported in the off season that he received an offer from the Panthers for the OC spot. The commanders were interested in him. Nobody, I don't remember if it was for quarterback coach or offensive coordinator. And then the Texans, if you remember correctly, John, when we were going through the conversation of Pep, there was a time 
where the Texans only wanted him back as the quarterback coach and ended up promoting him to offensive coordinator. So they obviously wanted some stability with Mills. But my question is, if Pep is so sought after, why would he take a job as an OC on a team where he doesn't trust the quarterback? That seems like an issue for me. If I'm, especially with the resume that Pep has as a quarterback coach, why would you take that promotion, but you don't trust your quarterback to run your offense and you know he's going to get 17 games? Yeah. And I mean, that's one of the weird stories behind it because we also remember last year that rumors coming out of the building were that Tim Kelly and Pep Hamilton didn't see eye to eye. They didn't see eye to eye on play calling. They didn't see eye to eye on essentially how to run run the offense. Pep Hamilton, if anybody on the team should trust Davis Bills, it should be Pep because he was the quarterback coach last year, right? He was the guy that should have been spending the most amount of time with Mills during the rookie season. He's the guy that should have been the easiest to transition to. And which is why it's all it's all very, very confusing. Like I mean, Pep, again, we've talked about it before. He's great at developing quarterbacks. Like you look at his his success with them. But if you look at his success as an offensive coordinator, it's not there. Now here's a guy, he can develop a quarterback, he can coach a quarterback, but when you give him control of the full offense, you give him play calling responsibilities, things things tend to, you know, they tend to not go as quite as well. Like he had Andrew Luck as a play caller. Andrew Luck is a much, much better prospect than Davis Mills could ever hope to be. And Pep still struggled as an offensive coordinator with him, with a team that had some pretty good weapons around him. I mean, he had Reggie Wayne, he had uh, the the two, Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener at tight end. Like that, that was a pretty good offense, like pretty talented offense. And Pep, with those tools, struggled as an offensive coordinator. Now, yeah. this offensive, I mean, there's, I don't know if there's a single player that I'd necessarily want to trade it on our team or I would have kept over somebody on that offense from the Colts. But now he's got to take this offense, which is still in the middle of a rebuild, or not even the middle of the rebuild. It's at the beginning of the rebuild. Like, they've invested considerably more in the defense than they have in the offense. Yeah. And we're expecting him to be a better offensive coordinator than he was when he had Andrew Luck, who may be the best quarterback prospect of all time. Yes. Yeah, that, I, I guess that's... Like, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, like, he had a shitty situation last year. Don't don't get me wrong. He, he, had, a, he had a bad situation. Um, did not play well at all. Um, Davis Mills definitely looked like a better quarterback last year. Not saying that Davis Mills is a better quarterback or was a better prospect or anything like that, but from a statistical perspective and from a film perspective, Davis Mills looked like a better quarterback. They inject some offensive weapons into Trevor Lawrence. They also changed the head coach to a quarterback. I don't want to say guru, but definitely a head coach that has the resume to produce with quarterbacks in Doug Peterson. And Trevor's taking off. Tua had two, what, three years where he was 
a below average quarterback, not good in any form or fashion. They were high. They were definitely chasing Deshaun Watson in a way that most teams weren't prior to settlement talks prior to, you know, anything regarding that entire situation. It got to a point to where the owner was willing to pay settlements for Deshaun if he settled so that they could agree to a trade. Tua gets Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And look what happens. It works. And don't forget Mike McDaniels. And is Mike McDaniels, for sure. He's an absolute genius. He's a genius. I don't think he'll last, but I do think he is smart. I think it's I think it's gonna be hard for him to uh to lead a locker room for three to four years. I, I think we'll see a very similar Jim Harbaugh Harbaugh type of thing happen with McDaniels, but maybe not. Either way. And then you look at um Jalen Hurts. He was benched three times his rookie season for Carson Wentz. Did not look good in any form or fashion. Philly was not happy about Jalen Hurts, Philly fans. But always had his legs. Second year looked a lot better. This year, add A.J. Brown to an already stacked offense with Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, a a good offensive line. And Jalen Hurts looks like an MVP candidate. But we're wanting Davis Mills to be something that he can't be because the roster doesn't help in that situation. So I don't know. I mean, we've talked a lot about Davis Mills, and that's definitely not where I wanted to go for most of the show. But at the end of the day, it's a team effort from leadership down to player execution to play calling and everything else that plays a part. There's a there's got to be a reason why his accuracy has dropped off. Now, it could, a lot of it could be happy feet. His feet are a lot more happy this his year foot, than they have. Yeah, his footwork. His footwork this year. It does not look good in any in any way. And he um, seems to also be hesitating sometimes with with the ball, like he's aiming it instead of. Yep. Like his strongest point versus the Bears, I believe, was in the third quarter where he racked off three or four completions in a row. But he was stepping into the ball and just literally letting it rip, throwing it downfield. And he looked great. And it's like, okay, you see those throws and you're like, okay, maybe he can do this. And then he, the very next drive, because well, he throws the interception at the end zone. So, very next drive, he, he reverts back to that happy feet, almost float, trying to float it in there, just getting too cute. And there's other things that I'd kind of point out, though. It's like with uh, Trevor Lawrence, a, a lot of you, a lot of the play calling, like look what they're they're doing. Um, they're moving Christian Kirk all over the all over the field. Like they're being very very creative. Uh, Mike McDaniel's with Tua again, creative play calling. Now Philly, they've just gave Jalen Hurts every single weapon, every single advantage to to be successful. And he's just taking advantage of that. And I would also say this is, comes back a little bit to our own expectations. Like the defense is ahead of the offense in the rebuild. Granted, we get a couple of injuries and all of a sudden we can't stop the run, but the defense is still ahead of head of the offense but even even then even with the defense taking strides and they're so much better they're still very thin because all it took was a couple of injuries to our defensive line and all of a sudden uh, herbert is that how, how you say his name yeah Hill herbert he runs for i don't know i think he's still running he runs for just under 200 yards <laughs> against us yeah like and all it took was essentially two injuries like that's it like our linebackers are crap still 
Um, we have a really good defensive line, in my opinion. Like, I think that we are one of the top teams in getting pressure to the quarterback on dropbacks. Um, we have a solid rotation, even though nobody oh, – we have a solid rotation there. But I think that's also kind of skewing everybody's expectations. If Mills comes out there and he looks like this and our defense just looks crap and we're getting the doors blown off us, I think everybody's going to be in a lot much more miserable of a mood because we're just going to be, there's no hope with that. Yeah. But I think that at that point, you're just mad at the entire team instead of just mad at Mills. Whereas our defense keeps us close enough or even Mills and our offense for all their struggles keeps us close enough that we're right there and that we think that we can win a game and the game looks very, very winnable. And Mills is getting put in these situations where he can't deliver. So that highlights his issues. Whereas, you know what? Maybe this is practice for Mills. Like maybe this is as the offense grows, he's going to have these situations. So he just gets better with it. Again, he's going to be the quarterback for 17 games. So it's almost like, like you said, we probably shouldn't spend this much amount of time on the show talking about him because nothing's going to change there. Like it's going to be Mills, but hopefully we'll start to see him start to improve, start to, to get a little bit better. I mean, otherwise, again, we may end up doing this every single week. Like, why is Mills so bad? Until we eventually just get to a point where we're just like, oh, maybe he's just bad. Maybe that just is what he is. Which is fine. The, the, the Texans are in a place where if that happens, that happens. They have the opportunity to be able to correct this pretty easily. Uh, I'm in the boat of not taking a quarterback until the roster is ready. Um, I'd rather have a 75% completed roster with players that contribute on a consistent basis and then adding our quarterback, then adding our quarterback, having everything work out, hopefully, and you're wasting a year or two of the rookie contract on the roster getting ready and being ready to compete. Then you're having to pay said quarterback. It becomes a thing, but we can talk about that in the offseason. Um, all right, so enough about Mills, Pep, uh, the offense, and things of that nature. Um, defensively, Look, we need a linebacker. Um, we need a run-stuffing defensive tackle. Um, Roy Lopez. Look, we 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 touched on it uh, in the offseason. I think it was either the draft night or or before. I think how bad the talent was on the roster last year made certain players that were drafted in 2021 look a little bit better because there wasn't really much for them to comp- compete against. Roy Lopez doesn't look like the Roy Lopez of last year, right? Um, who else? Uh, there was another player that we liked last year that really hasn't made much of a, well, I guess Davis Mills, another one. Um, Garrett Wallow hasn't seen the field. Um, Nico Collins, like you said, not really showing to be the stud wide receiver that we were hoping he would be. Um there, there's definitely Brevin Jordan can't get on the field consistently and, and be a part of the offense. Um, and this defense is, is definitely missing a ton of pieces still specifically linebacker and a run stuffing de- defensive tackle. But outside of those two things, you're right. Even with that going on, the Texans were still able to be in this game against the bears, um, which is, it's very hard to believe, to be honest with you. I've never seen a 280 rushing yard game 
uh well like i've seen highlights i've seen you know i've seen stuff like that uh, that to be in that game is incredible but i also wonder how much of that is the justin fields effect as well like you know if they were if they had a competent passing quarterback as well who knows what this would look like but stingley looks great petrie looks great our secondary as a whole looks great steven nelson looks great Steven Nelson might be the best addition of free agency that we've had. Um, maybe not. Maybe Jerry Hughes would top that because Jerry Hughes is. I was going to say Jerry Hughes looks like he's just playing on another level right now. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, to it's see. great. It, it really is. Uh, the pass rush seems to be there. Uh, Bears also have a bad offensive line. Um, but to be able to take down a quarterback like Justin Fields, who can use his his legs and is very good at doing so, has a lot of speed, capability. Um but from a defensive line perspective, you know, the rotation aspect that Lovey wanted to incorporate this year, we're not seeing a lot of cover two. It, it's, 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 the defense is definitely taking a step forward. Um, we just got to be able to stop the run. And I can't see that changing this season. Yeah. I mean, uh, Herbert ran for 140, 157 yards. Fields ran for 47 yards. Um, Equinonymous St. Brown, the receiver, ran for 43 yards. Like, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but at the same time, from a passing standpoint, Justin Fields did not look good at all. Um, 17, he only had 17 attempts and he still threw two picks, yep. kept him to 106 yards. Now, again, our secondary does look really good like stingley's good yep um like you said nelson's good king is good (laughs) like there's no complaints there um and i mean petrie petrie may be the player that comes out of this draft that we're talking about for a while um this is nothing against stingley because quarterbacks kind of when they do their jobs you you don't hear from them they don't get their names called but petrie is one of those players that just happens to always find the ball always be in the right spot so he may be the guy that everybody's going to know his name very, very shortly. Maybe. But again, Bills is pretty bad. Now, I guess we'll save this for the end of the show. Like, but based on this, it's like, would you rather have Fields or Mills? Like, that's an interesting question, I think. Um, would you rather have but... Daniel Jones or Mills? <laughs> I mean... I would probably still rather have Mills because there's a little bit of hope that he isn't who he isn't this bad. He may not be as good as he was last year, but he isn't this bad. Daniel Jones, other than athletic ability, I'm not entirely sure he's an, you know what? I'm not entirely sure that he'd even be a quality backup to have on your roster. Other than the fact that he's just a pretty good athlete. I wish we could just take his mobility and add it to Davis. Oh, you know, like create a player Uh, i mean but you kind of know daniel jones is what he is at this point would we we probably win two of these games with daniel jones as our quarterback (laughs) which is to say how bad which is to say how bad (laughs) this has been but but you're never you're not going to the playoffs you're not going to have any success with jones as your quarterback mills even if that hope is getting smaller by the day, it seems like yeah, he may, he, I mean, if we get, again, we get Mills from the last half of last season, like if that comes back around, 
high-end backup at worst. Low or medium. Well, I mean, he's still like as much as we're complaining statistically, he's still a middle of the road quarterback. Like we're complaining. But just statistically and like by every measure, PFF, NFL, next gen stats, whomever you're looking at, like he's middle of the road. Like there's more, there's just as many quarterbacks that are better than him that are worse as him. Like almost exactly. Like he's right in the middle. Where that that's also kind of tough to watch, especially coming from, you know, previous play where We've had we've had really bad quarterbacks before. Yep. But we also got a little bit blinded because we had a very talented, very potentially good quarterback. So we got kind of used to everything that happened on offense going through our quarterback. And now we're at this point where we have a roster where we can't support a quarterback and we have a quarterback that can't do it all on his own. So that may also magnify how bad he's been. But or built make magnify the feeling of how bad he's been when he's just been mediocre. Yeah. So I don't know. Let me ask you this, John speculative, but if Bill O'Brien, the head coach was still here, how much better would this team be? I don't know. I honestly don't know because I don't think that we get better. I don't know. I mean, I, part of me feels like he might be. Yeah. Um, just based on based on how well he played under Tim Kelly. So maybe that style of offense, like Mills was actually the quarterback for that style of offense. Yeah. Um, whereas now we have an, a different style of offense that, you know, some, some, some quarterbacks aren't rhythm-based. Yeah. And Pep Hamilton is firmly established in the West Coast. I mean, he calls it a no coast based on his play design and play calling, but the foundation of you of looking to where the receivers should be on, on your drop on your drop back, that timing, like that's still a foundational part of it. And maybe Mills just doesn't have that. Like one, two, three, being able to look up is your is the defense where you expect defense to be to throw the ball to the space. Maybe he's more of a take the ball, scan the field, throw the, throw the ball type quarterback. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just wondering, it was just something I was thinking about the other day, like what he got out of Brian Hoyer and like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it just makes me definitely makes me wonder. So with the defense, well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Hoyer auction. I mean, honestly, if you look at like passing charts, like accuracy wise, like Hoyer, Short of the 10 was one of the most accurate quarterbacks ever. Um, annoyingly so. But Mills is through is showing a very similar profile at this point, where short of the 10, he's been fairly accurate. Um, and Bill O'Brien was able to design an offense that was able to take that limitation with Hoyer and that strength and get us to the playoffs. I mean, yeah. that is to say something. Yeah, um, I agree. All right. Uh, with the defense, though, definitely Jalen Petrie. I mean, God, what a game. Uh, you were touching on it a little bit earlier, but um, dude was everywhere, continues to be everywhere, continues to be where the ball is. He's making plays in the backfield. He's sacking the quarterback on blitzes. He had two interceptions. This kid is turning into – if this trajectory continues, 
we're talking about a all pro safety. Um, his football instincts are ridiculous. He just looks like a football player, an extremely good football player. And it's going to be really cool to see as we continue to go through this process, what it looks like with him and Stingley. If Nelson could be a guy that continues to hold down the number two side, the secondary can be really good. Jonathan Owens, he he has his moments. He, he's a much better player than he was four years ago uh, as an undrafted guy. Well, he's leading the team in tackles. Which is not good. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about that as if it's like this great thing. Um, not sure that's what you want from your safety uh, in an ideal world. Um, but that just says how bad the linebackers are right now. So we'll see how Jonathan Owens is once we get some linebackers uh, that can actually stop the run. But um, the secondary really is going to be a good piece of this defense. Add a Will Anderson or a defensive tackle, and it's going to be really interesting to see. A lot of people are talking about, you know, quarterback next year, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, or, or maybe those are backwards. I don't honestly know, but um, if we, if we go Will Anderson and a defensive tackle in the first round, I honestly, I can't, I wouldn't be mad because this defense could be special. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're close. They're thin. We're always an injury away from having a huge, huge, um, gap in the team yeah. or a huge hole. Um, but when they're out there so far, I mean, they've, there's been flashes of both. Like the team look, I mean, still Jonathan Taylor put up a bunch of yards on us, but he didn't absolutely steamroll us like everybody expected. And we looked slightly better against the Broncos, but the Broncos are just a hot mess. Yeah, they are. But I mean, Javon Williams is a quality running back. Like I would take him. Yeah. I would, I would love to have him. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to get rid of Pierce for him, but I'd, I'd still love to have him. Sure. Um, uh, and we did we did better against them, and then just the wheels fell off against <laughs> against the uh, against the Bears of all teams, especially when you know they can't throw the ball. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to continue to watch. Have to hope that Davis starts to turn it around at some point because it's getting to a point to where you, you just don't know if it can happen. To be honest with you. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest issue is like it's fine drafting a quarterback. It's fine if Davis Mills doesn't work out. This team will be fine. Um, I mean, it doesn't I'm change much. Gonna... We're not a, we're not a quarterback no. away from being a high exactly. caliber playoff team. Exactly. We may be a quarterback away from being a barely get in the playoffs team. Um, especially, especially if we can get you know consistent performances out of the. Uh, out of the out of the defense but again we're still we're not a year away we're still at least a year from being a year away like again the hope with mills is it was that he was good enough that we could get there a little bit quicker like if he turns out to be an nfl quarterback like that definitely moves the time frame up like that's just the nature of it like you can go out there and you can get different types of players um in the draft if you don't have to focus on going to get quarterbacks because 
drafting a quarterback is absolutely a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I, I'm not set that they're going to take a quarterback. Even if Davis Mills continues down this this path, I, I, I still I don't know for a fact that quarterback is going to be where it goes. Um, a lot of people talk about, you know, how these two quarterbacks are, you know, can't miss prospects. One, that's just not a true statement for any quarterback. Um, but two, you have to ask yourself is, are either of these quarterbacks in the Casario quarterback? And that seems to always be like left out of the conversation, but that's really one of the bigger points when it comes to drafting a quarterback is does your general manager view this quarterback as the guy that he needs to move the franchise forward? And if he's not, then they're not going to take a quarterback. So it's just weird. Um, all right. Uh, well, that's the recap chargers game this week. Uh, John, do you want to swap any, uh, this week tickets? I don't, uh, I'll be in Chicago. Uh, if you, you can, know, then I'll I give wish, them away. but I've got, I've got, the, I've got the boys and their mom is in North Dakota, I believe. Okay. So do under two year olds still get in free or am yeah. I, or am I thinking airplanes? No, they do. They do. I believe so. I'll oh. Google it right now. Um, let's see. Ages two, every person of the age two or over. Needs a ticket for Edmonds. So this is interesting. If you go to Pro Football Reference, they have a thing called Advanced Passing. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the only number that Mills has not improved on from last year is completion percentage. 66.8 down to 57.9. Where but is his uh, Pro Football Reference and it would be Davis Mills. But... And then, of course, touchdown percentage. But his interception percentage is down. Yards per completions is actually up. Oh, his adjusted air yards per attempt is down. His yards per gain per attempt is down. Hmm. But his sack percentage is also down. Yeah, they've definitely been a lot better in pass pro. His interception percentage is down. So his big thing, which is throwing off all his, um, his numbers, is his completion percentage. So maybe... Because 10% is so, so much. Yeah. It's got to come back around. Uh, I would agree. Like his intended air yards per attempt is actually up. Like they're running deeper routes. It's a bit strange. You know? But what's really happened is his bad throw percentage. Last year, his bad throw percentage was 17. This year, it's 22. On target... Last year was 75.7. This year it's 72.1. He's already had half as many drops. Last year for the entire season, he had 12. He's up to six. Mm. So 13 games, he had 12. In three games, he's had six. Interesting. 
And last year in 13 games, he had 11 passes that were batted at the line of scrimmage. This year he has three already, which is pretty pretty high already. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can turn it around. Yeah, it's just like he's his accuracy is just falling off. Yeah. Which is something that we, um, that you pointed out during uh, his his college career. Um, the games where he looked super, where he looked accurate, he looked really, really good. But he would have those random games where he just was completely his accuracy was just all over the place. And your comment on him was that if he was more consistent with his accuracy, he'd be a good quarterback. So maybe this maybe this is him. Maybe he's going to have a stretch where he's just he just can't hit the uh, broadside of a barn. And then it comes back around where he's super accurate for a stretch. Yeah. Cause that, that would be actually reflective of the pattern from college. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, hopefully this week against the chargers, we'll see, we'll see a, a better team, but uh, no hope as of yet to see that, that, that there'll be any difference. I mean, Mills did play his best game of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Take away the interceptions, obviously. Um, but hopefully it's just another step in the, in the progression, but we'll see. Chargers have a, a pretty solid defense, but luckily for us, their best pass rusher will be out of this game. Um, so we'll see what happens. Also in other news, um, pretty dope that Wolverine's going to be in Deadpool three. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. And that's a Marvel movie. So that is going to be very interesting. Like I'm first I'm, rated R I'm curious. First rated well, I'm R curious Marvel on how they're going to, how they're going to, you know, put the, uh, the mutants into the Marvel universe. Yeah. Like, I guess they can't have Charles Xavier and Magneto because that'd be too old. I mean, Magneto, I don't know. Like, I think that that relationship has always been one of the better parts of the X-Men movies. Like they were like, is Magneto a good guy or a bad guy? But I guess they won't be able to do that. But Wolverine, like, I mean, Hugh Jackman was awesome as Wolverine. So that that's going to be good. Have you watched uh, Andor? Uh, what's that? The uh, new Star Wars show. Oh, no, I haven't. Dude, go watch it. Is like, it actually good? As soon as we, yeah, as soon as you, as soon as we get done, just watch it. Okay. Best, it's the best Star Wars show so far doesn't really feel like a star wars show but it feels does. like rogue one um uh, a little bit like rogue one yeah. or a lot like a lot like rogue one but it's really good okay i'll definitely check it out and All then, right, yeah, uh, just, and yeah of course check you can check twitter everybody's in love with bix and you'll find out why okay all right uh john anything else you got i think that's it cool all right well uh i guess i'll be giving away texans tickets so i'll come to the timeline i'll tweet this out shortly um, or where are you taking those? Uh, give them away. Just okay. go ahead and give them away. Um, with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered with John Wade, the Garnet Texan. We'll catch you guys next week.